0: From Odyssey, I'm Lauren Berry, and this is the On Deadline podcast, where we highlight and dive deep into headlines you've heard from our radio newsrooms across the country. On Deadline today is the release of dozens of civilian hostages in Gaza. They had spent nearly two months in captivity. Their release came about through a ceasefire agreement and prisoner swap between Israel and the Hamas terrorist organization. Many hope this step signals that a broader agreement for peace is on the horizon. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has insisted that's not the case. He says the truce is temporary and that the war will continue after it ends. However, as Al Jazeera pointed out, there are numerous examples from the past of temporary truces around the world that have been instrumental in ending wars. As for the current status between Israel and Hamas, Monday brought the final day of the original ceasefire which was extended for at least two days. As the truce entered its fifth day on Tuesday, both Israel and Hamas blamed each other for ceasefire violations, according to an NBC News report. Still, U.S. officials were pushing for an extended deal. A total of 69 hostages being held by Hamas had been freed as of that time, as well as 150 Palestinians being held in Israeli jails. ABC's Jordana Miller joined Odyssey to discuss the situation. We turn our attention to the Middle East, where we find Jordana Miller, who's joining us live this morning. Two Americans among the latest group of hostages being released by Hamas day four of a four-day ceasefire. Jordana, what do we know about hostages who have been released already?
1: Well, uh, the group that came out last night included the first Americans. Uh, That was uh, Abigail Idan. She turned four on Friday. Uh, She came out. She is still at the hospital. She's been reunited with her siblings. Unfortunately, both her parents were killed on the day of October 7th, the massacre by Hamas. But her aunt uh, is there with her other siblings. And the other American, Aviva, she's In her 60s, she's also still at the hospital. Most of the 39 Israelis that have been released over the weekend—that is, Friday night, Saturday night, and last night—most of them are still being monitored at the hospital. Overall, they are in good condition. There's one uh, Israeli that was released who is in serious condition. She's 84. She's being uh, cared for and watched over very closely. But the others you know, they were malnourished. A lot of them had skin rashes, uh, which kind of points to the lack of hygiene and a lot of the precipitation probably in the tunnels where they were kept. But by and large, uh, the group is doing well.
2: So there is some optimism for this to be continued, but for how long, we don't know, right? It would be at least
1: 10 a day to keep this going? Exactly, 10 a day uh, and the agreement is for a maximum of 10 days, so we could see another another five days uh, of quiet and another potential 50 Israelis released. Remember, there are still 100 and over 170 Israelis, and that includes not just Israelis, some uh, foreign nationals as well, that are still in captivity, and more than 15 children that is under the age of 19. Unfortunately, In the releases, we saw the youngest that was abducted by Hamas, a 10-month-old toddler. His sister and mother have not yet been released.
0: It's worth noting that not every hostage seized by Hamas following its surprise attack on Israel on October 7th survived the ordeal. The situation remains so murky, it's difficult to ascertain details. We know, for instance, that Hana Katzir, an Israeli woman in her mid-to-late 70s, was among 13 hostages freed Friday. That's according to Israeli authorities. Previously, a Gaza militant group that sometimes acts in coordination with Hamas had claimed that Katzir was dead. We also know for sure that in the days since the attack, around 1,200 Israelis have been killed and more than 5,000 have been wounded. The Israeli government has confirmed those numbers. The Hamas-controlled Gaza Health Ministry reports that more than 14,000 Palestinians have died since the start of the war and 20,000 have been injured. While the release of hostages meant an end to weeks of hopes and prayers for many families, the long wait to get there may have cost the lives of others. Tair Kowalski searched for her niece, Ronnie Ashel, an IDF soldier, following that October 7th Hamas attack. That's until Ashel's body was discovered over a week ago in Gaza. Kowalski joined Odyssey in New York to discuss the tragedy of hostages who can never be released.
2: What is your reaction to this deal now that's been hammered out? I'm so sorry to be telling you at this point that my niece, Ronnie, she was found and we buried her nine days ago. He hasn't been in captivity. She couldn't be identified because of the stage of her remains. Oh, Tayyere, I am horrified to hear that. I'm so sorry for your family. I appreciate it. But the deal, I can tell you a point of view where just, you know, two or three weeks ago, another lookout that was in captivity and conferred to be in captivity was rescued by IDF from Hamas hands in Gaza. And my family was ecstatic, but that was the first time I had a physical reaction to to our situation. And the reaction was so hard because you're so happy for this girl who was saved, this 19 years old girl who was saved and her family, but you it sick. And tomorrow, no one knows who will get their children back, their moms back. No one knows who's coming in and no one knows who's alive and who's dead. It was just a few days ago that another lookout that was uh, held in captivity, her body was found in Gaza and she was dead and she was dead for many days now. So everybody is very anxious here because everybody wants their families to come back. The situation with the hostages is just, it's so complicated. It's unbelievable, you know we understand that the less to be released will be the soldiers. And it sounds like something that makes sense, but a 19-years-old or a 20-years-old or a 24-years-old soldier who has been held in captive and probably been tortured is also someone's son, is also someone's grandson or granddaughter. And you know that for any child and woman and civilian, foreign civilian, that will come out and will be held in their family arms. There are so many others who will not come back tomorrow or this week or at all. So it's very emotional and mixed feelings. And there was, um, in, in the Israeli news yesterday, Dani Kushmawa the anchor, he did a story uh, just specifying all the kids, all the families The kids that might be coming back with their moms and their dads will stay in captivity. It was terrible to watch because when you call them the kidnapped families, when you call them the 240 civilians who are missing, um, they don't have names like that. But when you see the pictures and you understand that whole families of kids starting nine months old and and up to 16, have been taken away and have been in the Gaza Strip, meaning in the tunnels, we don't, and, and, and you can't bet that they've been treated okay. Families are stolen from their beds and being kept, and, and you don't know what's going to happen. And what, what kind of information gets released, what was released about about your niece to your family? What kind of information had you been getting? It was very, very tough 35 days of looking for her because we didn't get much information. We knew most of the information we gathered was from a work we did ourselves, talking to soldiers, talking to commanders, talking to people who was there. Because IDF cannot tell you anything until they have anything in certainty, at least two evidence of a soldier being killed so the status is missing and there was no videos and no pictures that Hamas released stating that she was taken so she was nowhere
1: just and... like a like a
2: black hole with no information can you tell us a little bit about about Ronnie tell us about your niece of course Ronnie Ronnie was 19 years old beautiful eyes beautiful lashes she was so funny and we get now a lot of videos from her soldier friends she was singing and dancing all the time she loved music we got to the funeral one of her favorite artists to sing two songs one of them was hallelujah by leonard cohen hundreds of people came to the funeral suzanne you never saw something like that hundreds of people were walking the family with flags with the israeli flags And everybody sang along, hallelujah. And the second song is one of the saddest songs that was ever written in Hebrew. And it goes something like, rest now, little flower, rest. They took your life, oh, holy wars. Rest now, flower, rest. And it's written in Hebrew that is taken from a lullaby. And it was heartbreaking. And one his cousins and friends, they came to the and shi- to the funeral, and they cried, and they miss her, and her mother misses her. Uh, and she had this thing with her dad, and he would call her when she was on call, at five and 6 a.m. every morning, and when he, while he was driving up north to war, and they would speak for an hour, she was just going with him this whole time.
0: One way to get a better understanding of the situation is via eyewitness accounts of what's happening in Gaza. Enter former Israel Defense Force soldier Nakam Petersell. Petersell, an Israeli-American living in Los Angeles, returned to Israel after the Hamas attack. He joined Odyssey on the West Coast to discuss what he's seen on the ground in the Middle East.
2: So tell us about what you witnessed when you returned to Israel. Well, actually, you know, give us your thoughts first if you listen to what the president just said.
3: Yeah, I listened to President Biden. First of all, a big day for the Israeli people, 13 out of many. This is just the beginning and hoping that the rest of the hostages will return soon and safely, not only the ones in a few days, but all the ones that are remaining. It's a travesty every day that they are in the arms of Hamas. And this is at least a a good beginning. I could uh, just make a note to what President Biden said with the regional situations that happening and why Hamas attacked. I think they, you know, they, chose this specific time to do it. But Hamas always want to attack. It's what extreme Islam does. And yes, I mean, I agree with President Biden. This is one of the many reasons why they attacked. All right. So you went back to Israel uh, how long ago? I landed, I believe, October 19th. I was there for a little bit over a week. And what I did was just take my guitar and go down to, specifically, quite a few bomb shelters down south, places called Talmebilu Bilu, and near Akiba, where kids couldn't go anywhere but a bomb shelter to get receive a little bit of joy. I went with my brother Yosef and my childhood friend Boaz, and we just took some instruments and we just made kids happy from bomb shelter to bomb shelter. It was the least we could do. And it was a very intense, very gut-wrenching experience, I would say. The first thing I did when I landed was actually visit uh, a unit member of mine's daughter got murdered in the uh, music festival right outside of Gaza. Um, so I visited him, uh, just seeing pictures of his 22-year-old daughter, just you know going, going to celebrate life and then losing her own. Uh, it was a really gut-wrenching experience. My takeaway at most is that the, the Israeli people are unified in a way that I personally have never experienced before, but at the same time, the amount of anguish and the amount of letdown the Israeli people have. And I'll be very specific here. I believe that Bibi Netanyahu cares more for himself than the state of Israel. And I don't mind repeating that sentence. This is a travesty that he is still leading the country. He should not be leading the country. He is the worst leader in the history of the state of Israel. And it's just an absolute travesty. And I know that almost every single person in the state of Israel believes the same way it's just because of this intense situation where we're in where we need to absolutely establish the safety of the state of israel that he's still in this position but in my book he should step down immediately there is no reason for him to continue to try and lead israel especially when he is absolutely self-absorbed with himself
0: President Joe Biden addressed the hostage release last weekend, praising efforts to free captives. But he also noted that there were hundreds more who've not yet returned home. When discussing the militant group, Biden said that he does not, quote, "...trust Hamas to do anything right. I only trust Hamas to respond to pressure." Israel's pressure has come in the form of very large U.S.-made weapons, 2,000 pounds each, dropped in dense urban areas, per a New York Times investigation published this week. It revealed that the scale of the attack from Israel has, and this is a quote, "...few precedents in this century." In contrast to those 2,000-pound bombs, U.S. military officials refused to drop 500-pound weapons in urban areas like Mosul, Iraq, and Raqqa, Syria, because they were just too deadly to civilians. With giant bombs being dropped in Gaza, more people are dying. And they're dying quicker, the New York Times reported, than in the deadliest moments of U.S.-led attacks in Iraq, Syria, and Afghanistan. The New York Times report included a harrowing statistic. The estimated number of women and children reported killed in Gaza since the war began last month has already started to approach the roughly 12,400 civilians killed by the United States and its allies in Afghanistan during nearly 20 years of war. This show is produced by Joe Heady, Christy Strauser, Myron Kaplan, and Bill Smith. I'm Lauren Berry, and I want to say thanks for listening to On Deadline odyssey serving of a top news story just for you subscribe on the odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts to stay informed